Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. This episode, we decided to discuss Karen. Not really Karen, but Karen's frugal Jewish parents. That's right. <laughs> Hearing about Karen's childhood financial quirks, we decided to share them. Some, some you may say, wow, that's smart. Some, you may say, what the? Well, let's get, let's get into this. It's all about my frugal Jewish parents. <laughs> oh, like you didn't know this was coming, right, Karen? Matt and I set you up. Yeah, I was like, Matt, let's catch her off guard. Let's do something about her frugal Jewish parents. I oh, hope you don't mind, Karen. But hey, we had to get you, girl. I no, think, and I think there's some great lessons in some of the stories that you've told us. So hopefully, you remember them. But share some with us, please. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> A little backstory. Me and Sean were hanging out last night talking about the show and talking about what we're going to do and making some making some cool plans for the show. And we started talking about my parents. We started talking about my spending habits and then how I grew up, which is different, <laughs> different to what I do now. But my parents were, my parents are Israeli. My dad grew up here, but he moved to Israel and met my mom in Israel. My mom was born and raised in Israel and came here when my sister and I were really young. I was three and she was one with like no money, nothing. My mom didn't speak the language, kind of starting at square zero. And Total immigrant story. Total immigrant story. But they hustled so hard my whole life, so disciplined. They did everything and they did a good job and they were smart and they invested money wisely and they bought some a couple properties and they just did awesome. And they and made it. So my sister and I had, you know, they, they changed like the generations, you know. So my sister and I could start out with a good life. And that's the premise of the show. So that's why I thought, you know, all jokes aside, it was important to hear some of the things that your parents did to kind of provide this life for you guys. I just think it's important to share. Yeah, it is. And, you know, now that I'm older and I look back at what they did, I get that they 
like changed the course of our family. You know what I mean? Like they are, they, they built this step of generational wealth. So we weren't starting where they started. And then right. we could go on and like, you know, we talked about like credit's important for dating and stuff and, and this kind of thing. It's like, it's everything, right? It's like your chance in life. It's who you end up marrying. It's how much money you end up making. Like they did the most. Well, well let's so hear about some of this did the most. Like give us some examples. What We need these tips. We want to share these tips. And some, you know, yeah, break it down for us. Come on, all get right. naked with us, right, Karen. Right, get right, naked, guys. get naked. Don't hold back. Get naked, <laughs> look, girl. Look, look, look. So, yes, they did the most. They did awesome job. I owe them. It's an unpayable debt. I owe them everything. But <laughs> this truly sucked. <laughs> this was the worst. Growing up was we had what we needed always. We had clothes. We had food. We had a nice, clean place to live. We had good schools. But it wasn't, it wasn't. You know, this is going to sound real American of me, but it wasn't as cute <laughs> as my sister and I would have wanted. It was it was an immigrant, like American dream story. You know what I mean? And what you they weren't, tell you, you guys weren't blinging and bawling. We weren't blinging and bawling. And what they don't tell you about the American dream is it takes a long time till you get cute. <laughs> it doesn't start <laughs> out cute. <laughs> facts. Facts. It's a, it's a journey. It's a process. All right, get us with some of these things, Karen. Don't hold back. Come on, man. You're like, you're still in your your PJs. Get naked. Let's go. I am literally in my PJs. So (laughs) this was the rule, okay? There was was a rule for buying everything, all right, depending on what it was. So the rule, the clothing rule, oh, God, that 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 was a forever battle in my house. Clothing could never fit. You you do not buy clothes in the Margolis household for a child that fits. That's why not an absolute waste of money because that child will grow. And what happens when children grow? Matt, Sean, they out of their clothes. You got to think three years in a You go into the next. Like even it. shoes, Karen. You bought shoes that were too big. A million, million, million percent. I always had these giant ass feet <laughs> on this little stick body and this little <laughs> lollipop head. <laughs> and I remember I would try on shoes and they'd fit. And then my mom would swoop in with this thumb of doom <laughs> and <laughs> squeeze the toe. And if it could have fit like an extra half a foot in there, we were not getting those shoes. Well, you know, the mindset of that was like, which I think was good. Like, we're all of the mindset, like almost every season, we need to upgrade, get new shoes and get new that. And your parents looked at the longevity of shoes and says, you know, these things can last a little while longer than a season. The only thing that would stop them from lasting is the growth of my children's feet. So, you know what, in order to budget and save money, that let's just get a size bigger because then we can make it through two or three seasons with it, which, you know. It's a great way to cut back. Jordans are expensive, Karen. I know your kid, your mother was buying you Jordans, so hey, she got them once every two years. I don't think anything was wrong with that. And it's just a mindset of saying, hey, we can make these last. Do you My ever mom. find yourself, Karen, going uh-huh. to buy some shoes and just out of nostalgia? Sizing up? <laughs> <laughs> your boyfriend's like, what are you doing? These feet? Like, your toe is way deep in the shoe. Like, it's all life story. <laughs> you know all right. what's so funny? Now I buy shoes. I, I would rather, I've really taken a hard left. <laughs> and I would rather buy shoes that constrict my feet just because I can. Because <laughs> it's my money. And if I want to hurt myself, I will, guys. <laughs> all right. Give us another one, Karen. Come on. Let's keep it going. Okay, so we we only shopped at specific places because those were places my parents had designated as value for money, right? So, for example, Bloomingdale's was out of the picture. It was completely out of the question. It was bougie. It was posh. We don't do that. We did that's not for us. 
We don't. We don't uh, let, let me guess. Okay, so there was no Walmart back in your days in the eighties. So there's no Walmart that you could have gone to. Like, excuse me. <laughs> the other store. What are the other stores were there, Matt? Like the big discount stores. What were there? There's Walmart. What else was there, Matt? I can't remember. Kmart, JC Kmart, JC Penny. No, 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 no. no. Okay, there you go. See, there's a big difference between Kmart and a Sears. So my parents, they weren't like this wasn't uh this wasn't like a poverty choice. This was a quality choice. It's so important we remember the difference. So Kmart was like, that's for stuff you're gonna throw away. You know what I mean? If we're going to summer camp, somebody needs a disgusting pair of something, shorts, shoes that we're gonna throw away, Kmart, that's it. But for every day, it was Sears 110%, 11 times out of 10. <laughs> Were you get excited to, did you get excited to go to Sears? Like most kids get excited. My kids, my son gets excited when I'm going to buy him shoes or clothes. Did you get excited to go to Sears? Oh, we hated Sears with a burning passion. <laughs> so here's what you don't know about Sears. By the way, Sears, I don't think Sears even exists anymore, but the, we, there was a special place. But if you Sears. do Sears and you want to sponsor the show, we don't hate you now. Just, Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, Sears and Kmart merged, right? You know, there's, Sears and Kmart know. merged. Yeah, yeah. So, I didn't. You know. Well, but I'm not shocked yeah. because my childhood was spent not only in Sears, but at the sales section of Sears, <laughs> which is oh, a whole. Wow. They went level. next level. They went to the sales section too. It's you stopped. A whole nother sub Sears where you thought there was just the Sears that you were going to just go and roll your 13 year old eyes at all day long. No, <laughs> there is a sale and that is the only place you will shop. And look, looking back, we were clothed. It wasn't bad. It was all right. It was just a little bit. Sears is a place where everything is like house brand Cheerios. You know what I mean? Like everything's a little bit off, but it's not bad. But for a kid, that's like the worst. Well, the lesson was, you know, honestly, I think they were detaching from being materialistic kids. I didn't learn. I mean, I, I do think that as we're going down this 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 path of memory lane, a lot of our listeners can probably relate to this regardless of, you know, ethnicity, culture, background. Because, like, as you're telling this story, I'm thinking about Christmas way back. I'm probably, like, 10, 11 years old, and, and young Matt wanted a members-only jacket because that was in style at that moment. And moms went and bought me, I think it's Sears or JCPenney's, a clubhouse, which was the knockoff brand of members <laughs> <laughs> and the whole point was it said, remember, like you wanted like that whole official and I'm walking around like just always just shaking. My, so I can totally relate, Karen. To, to well, I got one that I thought I would never share. Like this is one that I can't believe I'm going to share. So my sister and I are, are a year and a half apart. Exactly. Right. And because she's older, my she had the luxury of my mom would like buy her the clothes for my mom would buy clothes. For, when my mom's buying clothes, she'd buy them for both of us. And it was just too, and we'd go to Zeller's, which is in Canada, which is like the equivalent of Sears. And it was too much for her to like buy girl jeans from the girl section and boy jeans from the boy section. My mom would just buy, my sister and I were basically about the same size growing up. She would just buy two pairs of jeans and it was always from the girls section. And I wore Roadrunner girls jeans and I never had, I never had front pockets in my jeans until I was about 14 years old. I was so insecure that everybody in school knew that I was wearing girls jeans and I had no front pockets. I had the little side, little small little pockets that they had for girls jeans. Oh my God. I'd be I would cry to my mom like, why do you have to buy us the same jeans? And not till I could afford and had my paper out could I ever have front pockets jeans. I had the women Roadrunner jeans for like from zero to 12. And, you know, my mom just didn't care. You know what? I have That's a really hilarious. similar. I have a really similar story. 
So once, so this was a big deal. I grew up in Philly and we had a special trip, a very special trip to New York, which is like a big, big deal when you're a little kid from the suburbs. And we all got in a bus. <laughs> and I remember my mom had laid out my special New York outfit. Oh, I was okay. so excited. And all the girls are in like, this is the 90s, guys. So it's like cute little chokers and those stretchy tops and like those little weird polyester mini skirts, like all that cute 90s stuff that all these cuties were doing. But not me. <laughs> I showed up in a full, a full lumber jacket. Lumber jacket. Do you have a lumber jacket? It was a bright red, straight up boys tracksuit, matching <laughs> a matching sweat sweat um, sweatshirt and sweatpants, about two sizes too big on my tiny skinny bones, and not. In case you didn't know it was from the boys section, it had a giant, shiny race car applique, like an applique, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a big, shiny thing going across not only the sweatshirt, but also the pants, so you knew it was oh one unit. <laughs> you should have just got down and just do some break dancing moves and just act like you're a peak girl. I don't know how else you get out of that outfit. Oh, no. You like, when you arrive, go, what, 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 yeah. And she right. had, in true foreign mom fashion she had ironed it so it was pressed i was in my top lumberjack lesbian 12 year old style over there not knowing what the hell is going on i didn't even know how to make it chic and like flick my hair back and be a little butch you know all right well that's uh, enough about the clothing let's go what else karen give us some more let's get away from the clothes all right all right all right this was a big one in my house uh the power of loose change could never be underestimated <laughs> so we this was a very sneaky trick and honestly what's wrong with a little loose change Loose change is like not money. It's not money because you don't care. But it also is money technically by the law. It's money. So we would accumulate this loose change. We had <laughs> technically, it's money. That's true. <laughs> well, we had this coin purse. It was like yay big. It was like a family coin purse. It was a family. Yeah, coin. it was a family coin purse. I remember we kept it by the phone, and it was this tiny little. It was for coins, and we would just drop coins in there all the time. Not me. I had no money, but the adults would do it. And the coin purse would fatten and fatten. And then on occasion, this was the coin purse that we would use to buy treats. Like, so we were obsessed with Starbucks. So when everybody was losing their minds over Starbucks back in the day, when my parents used to drive us to a Barnes and Noble and just deposit us there for hours and hours, they had those big comfy chairs with these little, two little nerds. We could be there all day long with their free AC and, and the chairs. And we would get our Starbucks, but only with the loose change, you guys. If there was no loose change, there was no Starbucks, there was no coffee, there was no cakes, and that was on us. And we could sit there and read a book if we but wanted. But there was still Barnes and Nobles. There was still Barnes and Noble. Well, but look at your parents then. They were like, you were getting free. We were able to read. And right. you, to this day, you love to read. I love you know, it. And, and you knew about the points of like not like spending a bad penny, basically, no pun intended. Because well, that bad what? penny could go towards something big. Like Starbucks. It was, I think that know, was a lesson. And it, I it think, you know. Lesson. And, and you know what? From them, I learned that all money counts as money technically. That's an important thing to know. That it all is actually money. And that the money that you think is garbage is actually still money. And you can use it to buy things. And, exactly. Like with me, like growing up with my mom, you know, we're black. And I'm going to say we love fried chicken. And if we had a good week on Fridays, we were getting some KFC, Matt. And like, you know, my mom was using that extra money. If we were good. We did our right thing. We're getting this fried chicken coming in on Friday. And to me, that was really? motivation to have a good week. Yeah, bro. So what? Why am I going to deny we didn't like fried chicken? Why is that something wrong with that? 
I mean, you're talking to a Jewish girl who's just told a story about counting change. So exactly. <laughs> Last night I texted my sister because I knew we were doing this show and I wanted to know if she remembered something that I didn't know. And she texted me this. <laughs> she said, I remember daddy taking me to Forever 21 and paying for a turquoise off the shoulder top entirely with quarters. <laughs> I was humiliated. <laughs> she said we were holding up the line. <laughs> wow. That's that hilarious. Is, I didn't know that but that is the most on-brand thing my parents have ever done <laughs> they you don't know, look tip number a million for how to save money is have no shame they did not give a they did not care hold up the line pay for a shirt <laughs> quarters margola's family doesn't care selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, one thing you told me, which I thought was hilarious, this is why I said we had to do this show. You told me that you guys faked the funk. Like, the AC did not go on in your house. Even if it was 110 degrees. Unless you had guests over. And you must have had to fake it. Like, oh, we always have the AC on in here. Oh, we're always. No, but you, that, as soon as guests left, turn it off. Turn it off. Even if there's a heat wave, you had it on. But if we came over, Matt, we'd be like, this house is so cool and chill. And, they, and you guys are sitting there like, Man, they don't know what goes on when they leave this house. This AC goes off. Not only do you not know, it was forbidden to discuss it. So one must you let never, anybody know. One must never say that there is no AC in this house. No, the Margolis will have you. Think we are a cool household. <laughs> so even in heat waves, they did not budge. Like that's and, discipline. And you better not even look hot. You. Better not even look hot. <laughs> 
Oh, we had fans, you know, it wasn't until I was a grown ass adult <laughs> that I realized that not how third world the fans are. And this is not anything against the third world. This is not against fans, but it is, it is a third world thing to have a fan. God bless them. I use fans still, but that is some immigrant. A fan is an immigrant thing. Well, you must have loved winter then because the heat must have been blasting during the winter then. Absolutely not. So what? Part, part B of no AC is no heat. Are you out of your mind? Heat? Put a coat on. <laughs> a coat on. Put a damn coat on. You know, we, I don't believe you. I don't believe you had no heat. How did you guys survive the winter? We were space heaters. We were the king and queens of space heaters. We would have those space heaters that were that were a little melted. <laughs> so your parents never turned the heat on in the winter. You well, just space well, if it was, if, well, they would turn the heat on. Here's what would happen if they didn't want. So my parents were like, if you have to spend money to save money, that's one thing. So you have to turn on a little heat so the pipes don't freeze then that's okay because you're saving money on on unfrozen pipes. But no, we didn't just turn on the heat. So what would happen is we'd have a space heater, space heater everywhere we needed, but then in the unneeded parts, it would just be like minus zero, you know? So we'd have oh, wow. like a warm room, a warm bathroom, and a hallway that just froze your tits off, you know? <laughs> I was wondering why you were here yesterday. Like you took your socks off. You were like, it's so hot in here. I was like, whoa, she's getting a little comfortable. Now I get it. That's oh because you have what we call rich people heat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? And I know this is Karen taking her, us down her memory lane with her family, but I'm going to hijack it for a minute because it just, it, it's taking me back. And it's funny how our parents, how we they deal with money and how that affects how we deal with money. But my my father, he was a bit of a stern uh, man, and and I remember when me and my sister would get in trouble, like we would get allowance, and this is in the eighties. It wasn't much. I don't know what it was, but instead of like getting hit or a spanking, the worst punishment ever. I remember from my dad when we were in trouble, he'd just look at you and just with a stern face, you'd be like, "Get your money!" Like basically, go get all the allowance he's been getting. Go get your money. I'm like, whoa, whoa, get my. <laughs> you'd have to walk your sorry ass to your room. And you give everything. Your piggy bank. <laughs> I just remember this feeling so like just just pitiful. But anyway, what disciplines? What lessons those were? What I don't know. That was pretty jacked up, pops. Hey, hey, if you don't do right, you could lose it all, bro. If you don't do right, you could lose it all. Like that's a great lesson. That's a great lesson. I that guess. So all this walking Karen, just made me think of it, Karen. So. The not heat from room to room. I'm trying to figure that one out, but there's less <laughs> that one it's just it was just a matter of like, look, what costs more money? Heating the whole house, and also, like, <laughs> you know, when we moved into a house, they were like, here's how it's gonna be. <laughs> we have this big awesome house. We do not want to heat the big awesome house. So in exchange for living in this big awesome house, you're gonna be cold much of the time, and that's just what it's gonna be. They bought us slippers. They bought us socks. We had a <laughs> We had what we called a house jacket. Oh my God. <laughs> we were fine. We were physically fine. You know what I mean? Like we weren't suffering. But so what about food now? What about food? Any food stories? Budgeting oh, food? Food. All right. Food was, now we were a little bit non traditional in the food space. <laughs> my, parents, <laughs> my parents both worked and they both worked really hard. So we weren't really like latchkey kids. They like we were supervised, but you know, food was had to be handled, right? It wasn't like a it, it was a, a task. So someone, and preferably my dad, but someone, one of the adults, would make a giant pot of food 
and it would be like a like a pasta kind of dish. You know what I mean? Like a, it would end up being like a casserole, like a pasta salad, some kind of thing that's like a meal in a pot that you can stretch. Doesn't flavor. For a here's, day. here's what for we a, do. Stretch it for two days. Stretch it for I would say majority of a week. It was meant to be the week's food. The week's food. you ate that same thing. Ever. See, that's the mindset. Like yeah, for like that for a meal, right? So it's like breakfast. You have a certain thing. Lunch. We had sandwiches at school, but then dinner is our pot of dinner. It's our weekly pot of dinner, <laughs> and you would go <laughs> and partake in your pot of dinner. And when it ran out, next pot. Wow, and it didn't bother you eating the same thing every day when you came home. I will tell you something. It did not. What did bother me was that this was meant to, it was like battle rations. Like you have to eat so you don't die and your parents have to feed you because they're responsible for keeping you alive. So if some, if we died, that would be bad for the family. So we had to be fed, of course. <laughs> of course we had to be fed. My parents were working adults. They had to eat. But you know, what doesn't matter to whether you live or die is if you ever consume anything with flavor, that doesn't matter. You'll still live. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You need your so, protein. You need your macros. Everything else. They were like, "What is there? Complaint <clears throat> coming from this part of the room? Are we? Are you? Are you suffering? Are you not it's, eating?" It's funny so when you juxtapose those the, the the Starbucks story, the pot of food story, to kind of how we live in America today. Well, COVID has kind of changed a lot of things, but how we will order online delivery for a cup of coffee that if you made it just like like the markup for not only am i not going to make my cup of coffee i'm going to buy from starbucks not only am i going to buy from starbucks i'm going to order it to have it delivered to my office so i'm paying like, the markups <laughs> absolutely and it's crazy when you think but it about shows it. how simple we can live like karen said like it's about right. you know eating and like to me like every day i'm like what am i going to cook today what different flavor do i need to give myself to give my palate today when really it's truly like you know feed yourself but you know what? My parents, this was all for us, right? So the Starbucks, they didn't get Starbucks. They didn't care about Starbucks. Oh, wow. My sister and I were American girls and we wanted our Starbucks. But my parents, you know, rule number a million is you don't, you really don't need anything. <laughs> like you can make that coffee at home. And that's what they did. The loose change, that was just for us. They would <laughs> sacrifice that loose change happily if we wanted our Starbucks. Well, let's talk about the debt. Like what kind of debt did they have? Were they renters? Were they homeowners? What, what kind of debt did they carry? They rented for as long as they needed to. And then when they came into some money, that money all went straight into buying a home. So that was the first like big investment. So they're investors. Exactly. Go ahead. So they're investors. Yeah. And that was, I remember they like, there was no like, oh, we have a little money. Let's go on a vacation. Let's redo the kitchen. There was none of that. It was always like, let's get some property now. This was the dream. So mm -hmm. they rented until they bought, but they were always so, so careful with debt. I remember they never spent frivolous money ever. So if they got into debt, it was because they had to do it. Things were tight. You had to use a credit card for a minute or it was all essential. It was a mortgage. It was a car. There was no, I mean, the thought of running up credit card debt was what we, you don't even, you don't speak of it in the Margolis household. So they practice good debt. Well, clearly you, you, good you, debt. You, you saw them doing what they were doing, but did they ever actually just literally talk to you about their financial right. principles? They led so by example. We knew we were under instructions to be to not be wasteful you know what i mean we were under we were we had to live by the margolis code of loose change and slippers but <laughs> but it was that's interesting matt it was never actually really they never really sat down and were like look 
It's hard to make money. This is, these are good principles to live by. And so I felt, and you know, it's, it's so, it's so, it's so American child of immigrants to say this cause it's bratty, but I didn't, I didn't like it. Like I didn't like growing up like that. I didn't like the restrictions. And so when I was 18, I started getting credit card offers in the mail. What do you think the first thing I did is first thing I did was open up a credit card with $2,000 limit, max it out. And died of shock when I had to pay it back. Are you kidding me? It was free money and now I owe it. Like I, it blew my mind. And that was my first lesson that like, this is actually for real. Right. They were leading by example, but there's still some things that needed to be taught just to understand credit and so forth. And, you know, and no fault of theirs, you know, it's simple as these things may be to us. And my mom, I know she had problems understanding really credit and how it works. She used it to her advantage by getting things, purchasing, getting, purchasing furniture, um, we lived quite well and my mom lived off credit going like crediting things, but she didn't really know interest rates. She didn't really care as long as she made her minimum payment, she was good. So I think, you know, to not defend them, but to just understand they probably, you know, were just more about being disciplined, you know, which I think was commendable about them. You know, you did mention a lot of good things like that to me was, was curious about what they did because they like, even what I loved, you said they took, they didn't really take vacation. Mm-hmm. They didn't call into work sick. Mm-mm. You said they cashed out unused sick days. Like, give oh, me yeah. the money. I'll go to work. They never were sick. No. Nope. If they were sick, they got it together. They were amazing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look, I didn't get that from them. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I don't have that. I don't. I'm like, I'm a princess about being sick. And maybe it's from that. Maybe it's from seeing them go so hard. But, like, I'll say this. They turned it into... Uh, you know how some people like are extreme coupon clippers and some people are doomsday preppers and some people, I don't know, can't stop refinishing their cabinets or whatever. My parents got off so hard on living this lifestyle that, you know, some people it brings some pleasure to buy a new house and upgrade their iPhone. My parents get great pleasure from putting on their house jacket and bundling up against the cold, you know, like they're like, we are actively saving money. I can feel it making them feel good. It but as like, a couple, they were in line. They were in line. They were of the same mindset of the same. Right. They're working towards the same goal, right? They, they were, yeah. And so it was really like two against two in that house. So, Karen, um, why, why don't you tell the audience about your parents' side hustle? Oh, Matt, are you really going to call that a side hustle? I don't know. That's, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that's probably my bad. Yeah, but they're, they're, well, let's they're... call it what it is. What it is. It's a side hustle. Everyone's going to love it. For all you Jewish listeners, do not be offended by parents' parents' side hustle, but it's a side hustle. Go ahead. Don't Karen, be offended. Well, I don't know. Okay. So, well, they wanted us to go get a Jewish education. They didn't want to do it themselves. <laughs> it was a <laughs> huge pain in the ass to teach your kids stuff. So, and also it's annoying, right? There's like prayers and whatever. You need, you need to just have a, someone to teach your kid religion. Religion. But it's actually really expensive, you know, to send your kid to like whatever day school, Catholic school, Hebrew school, it costs actual money and they they wanted to find a workaround. So my parents are both educators, like they're both professors now, but they're always like teachy kind of people. So they got jobs at the local synagogue. And so they made a little extra money. And also they would get reduced membership fees for the whole family to go to synagogue kids um wow so they hustled the synagogue so they could wow and you know what was the part you know was the worst part my mom my mom's really pretty and she was like this really chic well-dressed middle eastern lady and so everyone in the squad a crush on my mom my mom was the hot mom it was nothing more annoying all the rabbis are like she's coming the is coming (laughs) (laughs) oh your mom's hot that was that was the number one thing all right well karen i know they're frugal but to me, there were some things that you mentioned that they weren't frugal about. Kind of give us a couple of them that you think that they were not frugal about and explain yeah. why. 
So like it was, this was the point of being frugal for them, right? Was that they, there was some stuff that it was their priority to not be frugal about ever. And they needed to have money to do that. So the two things that they were never, ever, ever frugal about, whatever you need, you got. And then some was healthcare, you need a doctor, you need medicine, whatever, like no questions asked. You got it hundred percent. You need braces, you got braces, like whatever you need. Health was always a number one and education was the second thing. So it was even stuff that was like just cute that we would like, right? My parents are the best. So school trips, art stuff, supplies, books, you need a book, you hundred percent got your book. We never save money on that. You know, and I think, you know, when we talk about this show, you know, that's the plight of a lot of immigrants. Like my mom was the same way when it came to health. Like any little thing that was wrong with me, we were going to the doctor. We were going to figure out what it was, didn't matter what it cost. When it came to education, it was like she, as long as I was focused on school and doing my schoolwork, that was the most important thing. So I think, you know, even as we do this show, Matt, and we talk about it, it's so interesting. I think this is like, really the mindset especially coming to america because it's so overwhelming sometimes you know and you just really want to live this american dream and become the successful american person and not waste your time and provide for the next generation which are your kids so i think your parents you know we call the the, the frugal jewish family but i think they're more an, parents of immigrant and wanting to really do well and not take not waste the time they're here in America and really live that American dream. And they're willing to make the sacrifice in which to do so, which is the plight of a lot of immigrants coming to well, this country. Speaking for, for the all American kid, I, I see a lot of similarities with, with my family as well. So I think a lot of people can relate. It's just interesting, you know, cause you're going to have your different twists and people are going to have different nuances. But I, I think a lot of this is, is, very relatable to a lot of people. So Yeah. And you know, yeah. my parents did the absolute most. And the truth is I don't live like them. You know, I don't, I have a jar. Of but lessons. you have lessons from them. Come on. I hear it all the time. I have lessons, but you know what? It's, it's, they gave me the gift of not having to do that. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I'm out there like blowing money on a Maserati or whatever, but I live how I want. I really do. I live the exact life that I want because I can, because I don't, I'm not drowning in debt. You know what I mean? Like I got a great education. Like they did all that for me so I could do whatever I wanted and my kids will do whatever they want. You know, like yeah, that's that the foundation of generational wealth. They did it. Congratulations to them. Yeah, they did it. They did. And, and they, they own real estate throughout the United States. They have they investment do. properties. And they, t- they, they talk about it all the time, but they would have, kind of like gone that direction anyway but like having kids was their number one like having kids was the reason they did all this right like i don't even know what it means to care about somebody else that much absolutely so it was it was really about having that discipline the mindset and not too many people can keep that focus for that long and think big picture yep right and that that was that was like maybe that was the best lesson right more than the money because it's like you know in my mind money comes money goes whatever you know you save when you can and all that but um but it's the big picture right like this is a long game money's a long game all right well to me at the core of this i think we got a great lesson in the power of budgeting and that's something everyone can relate to now we all don't have to go down the path of uh, you know, the extreme budgeting uh, <laughs> methods that the Margolis family uh, went down. But there's a lot of takeaways and, and, you know, there's a lot of things where we waste. So, you know, maybe if you're trying to save for something or we have goals for financial freedom and, and owning or doing other things, take note to how we can maybe add some discipline to our lives. So I think we need to bring this quickie to a close. Sean, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. I think this show is about, yeah, you may not want to do all of the Margolis' 
points that they did to, to sacrifice and provide for their families. But I think there's lessons to be learned of what you can do, what you can take from it. If you think there's not ways in which to get little finite and get tighter with your budgeting, there's always opportunities, you know, heat up a room at a time, keep it popping, keep it moving, <laughs> you know? Uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to sleep over at your house, Karen. Because I don't want the heat going off and I keep a light on and they want to th- shoot me. But you know, I do commend your parents for their commitment to their children and to their future and to, you know, to what they've done. So kudos to them. And, you know, I'm Sean, the better have two black guys, the warm guy in my, in my <laughs> rich, rich heat house of two black guys with good credit. As I say every week, keep your money in your damn pocket. If not, bring it to the Margolis house because they can definitely <laughs> save it for you. And don't forget to follow. Don't forget to send us a nice little note at anywhere you listen to our show. Like Jock said, great show. Keep it going, guys five stars um and also send us a nice little audio note you can email it to us at tbgwgc at gmail.com that's two black guys with good credit at gmail.com and we'll put it on our show and i'm gonna let you close it out karen because it's your today is your day well, right. hold on i didn't get to sleep she's closing it out let me chime <laughs> in we're, we're entering the holiday season so from one half of two black guys with good credit i just want to wish you all a happy holiday season and, and add in some of these these saving techniques to your life if you're trying to to get your money right and I'm out. And uh, I just want to say that you know I don't I don't do all these things now. I kind of do, kind of do what I want. <laughs> I'm doing my best over here, but I bet my kids are going to take a hard right again and like be super thrifty, you know, house slipper coat people because mommy likes to spend money. <laughs> but also, I want to say if my parents listen to this, which I will send them the link so they will, um, that. I I love them so 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 much. They're everything. They did everything. I, I would I would never have done any of that for another human being ever. <laughs> they just did <laughs> they did the most and they still do. Literally to this day, I'm a grown adult and they do the most. So I love them so much. Ema and Daddy, I love you so so much. You guys are everything. And um I am Karen Margolis, a third of two black guys with credit. Good credit because of my parents. I'm black because of my parents, and I'm out. I love how Sean had a nasal snort right during that heartfelt moment <laughs> to your, your parents. It was tears. It was tears of joy, Matt. Tears of joy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.